The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. It is time for Around the SEC, but man, let's get to the phones, and uh, let's bring in Justin, who is calling on line one, who's on line one with us this morning. Justin, good morning, sir. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, ben, congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, just do me a favor. Just don't name your child after anything Yankee or Steeler related <laughs> because we're going to have to call DFAC. Well, it, it's okay. After uh, John Morant outdueled LeBron James two nights ago. I've, I've decided that if it's a boy, I'm going to name it Ja Morant McKee. <laughs> I like the coldest. <laughs> well, if, it, if it's a girl, we're going to call it the sweetest. I like the sweetest. Got, gotcha. Well, um, uh, Swain, question for you. And all the slipping, all the guys losing footing. Um, now, I, uh, you played at that level. I know at the NFL, a lot of the times they'll switch out cleats and go with like a longer uh, spike. Is that something that, that can be done? And if so, whose responsibility is that? I don't think I don't think they uh, do that at the college level um, because okay. because you have you know so much. Um, you got a lot of field turf out there. You have uh, a lot of the stadiums that you play at. They they cut low. Um, you, you get you get a couple pair of cleats, but they're all the same length. I mean, I think at the NFL level, um, you have you have more options. You got less players. Players have their own shoe deals. They have you know they basically have their own cleats. Um, at the college level, everyone has the same cleats, and um, so if you're slipping, it's just a thing that you have to deal with for that for that game. So that's not only anyone's fault. Either team. That's that's the stadium. I mean, that's the stadium and that's the grass. Uh, the Titans field has been, you know, one of the worst fields in the NFL, just like the Bears field. And, um, you know, it's, it's known. But I don't think there's anything that you can do in that moment as a team because you don't have you don't have screw-in spikes like back in the day. Like back in the day, you had screw-in spikes and you could put longer ones in. But those are rubber, rubber spikes and they're all the same length. So – Really, nothing you can do uh, in that situation. And Purdue is sponsored by Nike as well, and there was nothing for them to do in that situation either. You just got to make the plays and execute something that we didn't do a better job than Purdue in. Walking around yeah, the on reason- the field after the game, I don't know how they played because it was just it, 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 the field was just awful. I, I don't know how they're going to play in an, an NFL game on Sunday between the Dolphins and the Titans. I mean, it was just nothing but but mud and water everywhere. It, it, it was baffling. Yeah, because it seemed like later, it seemed like later in the game, like our routes started to change, where we started running a lot more straight lines. And I'm wondering maybe if, you know, like Ben, you were talking about running some digs and stuff. I'm wondering if we kind of stayed away from that because I know in the first half there were guys that tried to make cuts on certain routes, and you saw it on replay, and you know they they were just hitting the ground, so. You know, and, and like I said, I'm not making an excuse. There were some play calls last night that uh, I'm still trying to 
wrap my head around um, the ones the the ones late the deep balls. I mean, both of them were there. Uh, I kind of would have liked to have seen something in the middle, especially when you're sitting on three timeouts. Mm. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not going to fault them and say that, you know, we threw it into double coverage. I mean, the wide receiver had had the DB beat both times. Should have been a walk-off so, home run. Yeah, it, it, it should have, but it, it, it wasn't. Um, Aaron Boone style. You know, it, yeah, it, as, far as, as far as Hooker, I mean, he was, he was off from the jump. And even on short passes, there were multiple passes, like short passes out in the flat. And guys were having to jump up and get it. And, I mean, those should be relatively, you know, easy. I mean, right on right on your hands, right on your face mask, so you can just grab it and go. And guys are having to jump up, make plays. It just – nothing seemed, nothing seemed to click last night, even though at times, you know, we had good results. Uh, you know, even the run game. And one thing I do want to uh, end on is – I mean, our entire success is we've got to change over this roster, okay? Whether it's missed evaluations from previous staff, whether it's missed evaluations from this staff, we have guys out there that are not SEC caliber. Correct. They're just not. Correct. And unfortunately, in the schedule we're going to play, we're going to have year in, year out, what, maybe – half our schedule potentially being in the top 25. And I just find it funny. You go back and look at all of our losses this year are against teams at the time that were somewhere in the top 25. So that tells me we don't, you know, whether we didn't execute, whatever, we don't have what we need to compete with top 25 teams. We got to find a way to go out and get it. And I'm just not convinced. We can do that all in one offseason. What well, are your thoughts? Well, hang up and listen. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Justin. What we want to do is we want, we want to take another step in year number two. You know, you won seven games in the regular season this, this year, lost a ball game. So you, wanna, you want to improve on that win total. You want to take a next step as a program. And um, the schedule is going to be more favorable for you. I'm not going to sit here and say easier because there's, no, there's not an SEC schedule that's easy. Now, Kentucky's schedule this year wasn't – wasn't necessarily hard, but Tennessee schedule never is "quote unquote" easy. It's just more favorable for for next year. So you have a chance to build on that. But but you got to address corner in a bad way. You have to address linebacker in a bad way. You better find out what you're going to do at right tackle uh, because you can point to that sack fumble is a play that got you beat too. You can point to fill-ins, guys that either filled in from K. Mays or Lante Taylor that gave up game-changing plays. Brock. Brock was going up against a backup corner. 219 yards. We gave up a sack fumble from a backup right tackle. So you better go out there and you better find some players in the portal. 100%. Last night was a reality check. Oh yeah, is, is what it was. I mean, it was still a successful year one. 
And as the emotions of last night wear off over the next couple of weeks, next couple of months, and we start to look to next season, we will remember that. It's just kind of frustrating in the moment because Tennessee should have an eighth win and not be seven and six. But last night was a reality check. And I truly believe that last night also showed the difference in a program in year five and a program in year one because mm-hmm. Purdue was situated to where its players could step up and be successful. They, they had the bodies to, to do that. And Tennessee has not reached that point to where key players can be missing and, and they just have guys step in and, and be ready to go. To me, that's the difference in, in a year one program and a year five program and, it was just a reality check. It, I mean, we we get questions, at least I have, over on VolQuest on the message boards and the Monday night chat, Swain, about, well, what do you think Tennessee's record's going to be next year? And my answer has been seven or eight wins yet again because Hendon Hooker and Cedric Tillman can't do it all. I mean, that's exciting that those two guys are coming back and, and the offense should be really fun to watch, but it doesn't matter what the offense is going to be able to do if the defense can't stop anybody. And, and right now, as it currently sits, that, that defense is going to be back, minus its best players in, in Theo Jackson and, and Matthew Butler. Uh, I mean, they, they, they need more of a presence along the defensive line. They need more of a presence on the edge. Guys need to get tougher on the edge to, to help out Byron Young. Um, they, they need another inside backer. They, they need two new safeties. They need new corners. I, I'm Last night was a reality check of, of just how far, I guess you could say, the, the, the personnel is off in terms of where it should be in order to go out and win nine, ten games in a season and, and compete for an SEC championship. Let's go back to – the phones. Welcome in to the Swain event. Who do we have? Hey, this is Shane from Crossville. Hey, Shane. How you doing, man? Thanks for calling. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Hey, a couple of times during the broadcast last night, the TV broadcast, they said uh, that some of the UT offensive coaches, uh, I'm not sure that they included Heifel or not, but they had, that they had talked to, uh, said that um, they were kind of of the mindset that that after six or seven plays into a drive, uh, that they would prefer just to kill the drive. They they kept saying several times, "Kill the drive, make you know, uh, call up a play or do something to kill the drive to help save uh, on the um, wear and tear and conditioning of the offensive linemen specifically." Uh, has that been something that's kind of been a thing all season long? I know last night was the first night I ever heard mention of it, and and if so, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm still confused on what that actually means. I mean, you mean are we talking like just trying to go ahead and take a shot and score, or or just or just punt the ball and try to play some defense? Was that what it, yeah, more or less? I think what they were talking about was they weren't interested in having a ten or more play drive, you know, as as, as an offensive unit. That if if it was going to take that many plays to get it done then they weren't interested in doing that at all yeah but i need to i need to go back and, and hear how they phrased it in the context and the tone and all that stuff but i mean i just taking you know your your um your word for it and, and your um listening to you you know explain it, it mm-hmm. you have to be able to do it all 
I think if you want if you want to win the way you want to win, and that is be one of these four teams. Like there's some there's some real football teams playing today. Okay, <laughs> Alabama and Cincinnati, Georgia, Michigan, and the reason why they're there is because they found different ways to win. Michigan, Michigan in the Big Ten championship game, they was throwing the ball all over the yard. You know, really, really aggressive. Looked a little bit like us. You know, big plays, chunk plays. But they also won some grinded out games too. They won some games where physical, uh, physicality-wise, they imposed their will, especially in the game against Ohio State. Michigan found different ways to win throughout the season. Alabama found different ways to win throughout the season. Cincinnati and Georgia. And if you want to take the next step, if you want to win seven games, then cool. You know, we can go out here and do the same thing that we did this past season. But if you want to take the next step, and that's what we're hearing from these players, like guys like Cedric Tillman that cited this when he made the decision to come back about playing in Atlanta. You can say you want to play in Atlanta, but do you truly know what it takes to play in Atlanta? And the players don't. It's not on them. It's on the coaches to know that to play in this league and to get to Atlanta, there's different ways you have to win. And it's not going to always be a bunch of points in the first quarter and four play drives, five play drives. You're going to have to have some long drives because you're going to have to have your defense get more rest. It's, it's okay sometimes, and it can be okay half of the time. But it cannot be something you do all the time expect to play in Atlanta. That's my viewpoint on it, just without listening to the comments myself. I got in super, super early or late this morning, however you want to look at it. And I have not went back to watch a TV copy at all. Uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, of the crew, Cole Kubrick and and Rogers and, and uh, um, Hart. Last night, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tom, Tom Hart. I actually bumped into mm-hmm. Tom Hart and – and, and saw him. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard that crew. Like, they do a great job. So, I can't wait to go back and watch it. I'm going to need some time to cool down, though, because I ain't happy <laughs> about the game. What, what, one more question, quick question, Swain, since um, since you brought it up. So, who uh, who wins today's game? Well, I, I think Alabama – I think Alabama and Georgia will win, but I think Michigan has a better chance of beating an SEC team than Cincinnati. Uh, I think the Michigan-Georgia game is going to be really fun to watch. I just think that Georgia has more firepower. Um, and I think Harbaugh's a better coach than, than Kirby Smart um, when you p- compare resumes. But I think the the talent that Kirby has will uh, will outweigh that, and he should win the game. So I think we we will be looking at a all-SEC championship, which I do not want to see. Um, but it's hard not to, to – to look at this because I don't know how much firepower Michigan has on offense to be able to put up enough points. So if I had to put one, thanks guys. No, thank you, man. Thanks for the phone call. Really, really appreciate appreciate you. Um, around the SEC, man, South Carolina is the only one in the in the conference doing anything as far as bowl season. They beat North Carolina thirty eight to twenty one in the Duke's Mayo Bowl, and Shane Beamer was doused with uh, mayonnaise Ugh. and got clonked upside the head <laughs> by the the bucket of the mayonnaise which was was probably worse I, I think i'd rather get doused in mayonnaise than get hit upside the head with the <laughs> cooler full of mayonnaise the bucket full of mayonnaise yeah it was um it was it was 
It was weird. But, hey, man, if you are coaching a football team and um, if that's what it takes for your team to go out there and win, man, you sign up for that every time. Correct. Now, here's a question for you for Around the SEC. We had somebody comment on the text box that Shane Beamer's year one was far more successful than Josh Heupel's year one. Do you agree with that statement? Well, it wasn't far better, but Shane Beamer had a better year one overall than Heupel. Prove me wrong. That's what Leo from Harden Valley says. <laughs> of course it was Leo from Harden Valley. Your boy Leo. Uh, of, of course of course it was Leo. Uh, let's see here. Hmm. Far better? Well, he didn't say that. I, I thought he did, and he didn't. He just simply said, Shane Beamer had a better year one overall than Heupel. Prove me wrong. No, I don't think it, I don't I don't think it was better. I mean, at best you could say it was even because both both teams, you know, had a lot of uh roster changes and things like that. And um you know, the way the way South Carolina finished was certainly better than how Tennessee finished. But I think if you go and compare resumes and look at what both programs endured over the last couple of um of months i mean tennessee led the country in transfers tennessee had an incident investigation looming over its head um tennessee had a coach that talked so bad to some of these players they didn't even want to play football um i i just i just think what hypo has done <clears throat> still very very impressive and i'm not letting last night cloud my judgment here and getting overly emotional about the job that this coach staff had has done they didn't have their best night yesterday i can admit that and still point out the fact that they did a really great job with the roster the roster just reared its ugly head last night and this coaching staff did a really good job of covering it up most of the season and with a team like purdue that had three weeks to prepare wait four weeks to prepare for a roster that's not as good we just saw Brom and company do a really good job. Dallin, Dallin plays up. Simple as that. But I don't think Heupel or Beamer had a, a better year one. Um, I, I think they both had a good year one. I, it's hard to put Beamer over Heupel considering what Heupel had to deal with. So Yeah, and, I, and I'm, I'm going Heupel just based off of the results on, on top of everything that you just said. I mean, A, Heupel beat Beamer 45-20. to 20. In the head-to-head. Wasn't even close, yeah. Wasn't even close. Correct. Uh, Tennessee did not struggle with its non-conference opponents the way that South Carolina did. South Carolina beat ECU, East Carolina, on a game-winning field goal, 20-17. to They beat Troy by nine. They beat Vanderbilt by one. They got destroyed by A&M. They lost to Missouri. They got destroyed by Georgia. And they got destroyed by Clemson. And, hey, they, they took advantage of a, a really bad Florida team in a really bad situation. You, you give them credit for the win over Florida. But we, we know what Florida was at that point in the season. And then they beat an, an Auburn team. And credit to them for beating Auburn. But it's not like Auburn was some world beater. And North Carolina may have been the most overrated team in the entire country this year 
that that North Carolina team is going to have a ton of NFL talent, and they went six and seven. So Shane Beamer had an impressive year one, but I'll take Josh Heupel's year one. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not being a prisoner in the moment, man. Um, Beamer did a good job, but I will not say it was better than Heupel's. Um, Heupel did not have a a good bowl game, um, but you just mentioned the fact that that Heupel just tore into Beamer when they play head-to-head. Pizzamon1 says, what is up with Purdue having our number, though? I mean, we've only played them twice in history. Are you talking about all sports? Oh, yeah, but basketball. Yeah, you talking about the Lamonte Turner call on Carson Edwards and then last night. And the, and the volunteers. Remember the volunteers? In the, oh, yeah. In the, in the tournament? I'm tired of Purdue. <laughs> I know, man. God. The fans so nice, too, man. Fans are so nice. I was like, please. I, I walked across the bridge. Back into downtown uh, after the game. It was a nice little walk. And uh, I was like, I had my kids with me, my brother. It was us five. And um, I was holding my, my young kid's hand. I was like, please, Lord, don't let no Purdue fans say nothing crazy to me because my kids going to see a different side of their daddy. I ain't in the mood for no trash talk. I am f- fire hot mad. And the brother on the drums, on the bucket. And the guy uh, playing the saxophone put me in a better mood. I was, I was in a better mood. But then I had to put things in perspective. Like, you know, I had an awesome I had an awesome day, man. We, we hosted a, a UT alumni event at the Old Red. It was phenomenal. It was five stories. The place was amazing. UT did a great job putting the event together. Um, Al, uh, not Al Wilson. I saw Al Wilson. Um, but Fred White and George Kidd stopped by. Um, it was, man, it was just, it was, it was so freaking cool, man. Um, so many fans from all over, all over the the country coming in. Uh, it was just a great event. Addison Nichols was there. So I got a chance to bring Addison Nichols on stage and man, he's so comfortable around the microphone and man, the crowd loved it. We gave out some, 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 some prize packs, did some trivia. A lot of fans, actually three fans got Signed football from Josh Heupel. And, um, you know, Chris Brown and I was there. Then we rushed over to the stadium to jump into the press box and do the Big Orange Countdown there on Vault Network. There was just a lot of good things about yesterday. A lot of great things. All the Tennessee fans I got a chance to meet and see. And the game itself stunk. The outcome stunk. It was like it was a great it was a great game. Let's just say that as a college football fan, you're watching on TV. It was a great game because you got high scoring, um, you got you know, big plays at the end of the game. Um, the ending officiating was was terrible. Uh, the outcome for a Tennessee fan was terrible, but the the game it wasn't boring. It was exciting. Um, the day seeing all Tennessee fans and, and connecting with them, I got to put things in perspective and not and not look at the outcome of the game and, and let it put a wet blanket over the whole experience. Man, we spent a lot of time with our families and man, it was it was cool. But anyways, man, I just, oh, the outcome was not was not what I 
what I expected or wanted. Pizza Mario. On but yeah, Purdue on on a positive a note, how about some positivity sprinkled in, Swain? What'd, What'd you, you think get? of uh, Jalen Hyatt yesterday? Oh, he had a he had a nice catch in traffic in the end zone. Um, I thought, um, you know, he slipped. That's not his fault. On the jet sweep, yeah, he slipped. It was open. I mean, that would have been a touchdown. Yeah, he he was open on that one. <laughs> um, I thought, and then two plays later, later you had the fumble. Just like, what kind of luck is that? I mean, jet sweep would have gone for a touchdown if if Jalen doesn't slip on on the terrible field that is Nissan Stadium. And then a couple plays later, you have the fumble before the half. Yeah, man. I, um, After they called offsetting personal foul calls when it should not have been called. How how do you call Tennessee in that moment for a personal foul or unsportsmanlike conduct? And the Purdue player is the one going all WWE and burying guys into the ground well after the play. I didn't understand that call either. Yeah, it was it was the, the it, offsetting unsportsmanlikes or whatever they called. Yeah, it was it was uh, the officiate was terrible. Then you know also um, Jalen. I mean, there's some times when I, I I saw like why he needs to get stronger in the weight room. You know, he let some guys push him off his route a little bit. Um, but I thought Jalen focus wise and intensity wise is where he needed to be. Yes, and I expect. I thought it was a good step building yeah, towards next year. Yeah, intensity wise, he's been where he needs to be. Now he needs to put, go put the work in. Take yes. take a couple days off, and um, you know it's time to get to work. I mean, these guys they go back to to school here another week or so, and then you have that Sunday meeting, and then Monday it's, it's off season workouts. It's time to start all over. It's time to go back to work. And uh, jo- Hyatt has the opportunity to make a huge jump. The opportunity is right there in front of him, but he got to get stronger. He got to get stronger. Simple as that. Um, let's let's go back to the phones, man, if that's okay with you. Your world. I'm just living in it. Yeah, right. Uh, good morning. Who we got? It's Swain's world. We're just living in it. Yeah, right, Jay. Yeah, right, man. Golly, I've never drank so much scotch whiskey after a game before. I was infuriated. I was infuriated, but I, I don't know. Uh, you know, guys, after after the game, I, I my my natural reaction, I was more upset with Heupel than anything because I I just didn't understand why he let that game get into overtime and not go for the field goal. Yeah, um, earlier. I mean, yeah, he went for the field goal, but it was like a then sixty yard field goal. I mean, why yeah. not? We how did we not get closer? With three well, timeouts. And, and at that point, why do you not just try to Dobbs nail boot it and throw it into the end zone? Because Chase McGrath ain't hitting those 60-yard field goals. No, and I was worried. And I was, you know, the, the people around me and my brother, I said, I don't know about kicking this thing because, you know, I felt like it was going to be an Alabama situation in 2005 yep. and get blocked. And I was afraid of that happening because those long field goals – Beach director of the ball comes off the foot very, very low, which makes it a little bit easier to be blocked. So I didn't necessarily love the field goal attempt from that distance. Uh, luckily, it did not get blocked. But I'm, I'm sitting there going, "How are we not closer?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I and, and Twain, this is what and look, we we got. I, I mean, let's put it in perspective. Heupel set a school record for points with this roster at UT. Correct. And we put, we put up over 600 yards of offense. Yeah, they did night. too. 
Yeah, what they did too. You're right. We You're put right. up 666. We couldn't get one more yard. Ugh. <laughs> but we got personnel issues. Big time. And 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 I think you saw that with the secondary. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to pick on those guys, but you saw that. There was guys with no kneecaps out there burning them. I mean, so uh, that we definitely got personnel issues. The refs were definitely trash. That trash. Time. Trash. And – you know, look, I know it's the macho attitude to say, well, you don't let the game get to that point. Look, that's not real life. Sometimes the refs alter games. I mean, that's just the way it is. That was a touchdown in overtime. That was terrible calls that went against Tennessee. We all know that. But to me, and, and what this guy was talking about earlier when he was talking about the 10 plays, basically what they were talking about on the telecast was Glenn Ellerby takes note of what the offensive line is looking like. And he will tell uh, Golish to kill the drive. And what they're basically saying is, is go for the kill shot. If we don't get it, hunt the ball because uh, we can't do more than about 10 plays. They don't want to do more than about 10 plays because those the offensive linemen start to get really gassed. He keeps an eye on that. Cole Kubik was the one talking about it on the, on the telecast. Gotcha. And, I, you know, look. What, what are you doing a conditioning for if you can't hold up for more than ten plays? I mean, that that. I mean, sometimes you got to get fifteen plays to get a score. But that's where I think. I don't know what, how y'all feel, but this offense is going to have to evolve. I I just don't think you can tempo people to death and run hitch routes and go routes and get where you want to get to. I don't think that can be the only two routes you basically throw because. They were talking about it on the telecast. I've seen Ben's breakdowns of the passing routes. We don't throw over the middle of the field. We just—I don't know why we don't do it. We don't do it. And we did. Princeton fan dropped about three of them, and then he caught a deep, a deep one. Uh, we threw it to the tight end. We threw it to Princeton fan. I don't know what Jacob Warren was. Did, did he not play? Uh, he uh, played sparingly. He was hurt. So, so neat. Okay, so. So, Fant had the long one, but he dropped like three, three passes, man. Yeah, but a couple he, of those were out on the on the perimeter. He he dropped them, but well, not, like you. But the Jay's, Jay's right. They, Jay's they right rarely too. throw over the middle. Jay's right. I'm not like I'm not saying that to say Jay's wrong, but I am saying when we did throw them in a game, we dropped them too. We don't throw Wait, enough. Yeah, yeah. We have done trying to drop passes. I mean, hell, look, look. I mean, there was. Two or three passes that Hendon Hooker should have hit that would have been in the end zone. I mean, yeah. Jay, we've been talking Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt was running butt, booty naked, wide open down the field. Hendon puts that on the money. Jalen's scoring. Jay, well, that, that wasn't on Hendon. On that, yeah, on that one, Hendon's arm got hit. And, the ball got hit. Yeah, like I, I like the, the 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 pocket was really really messy too at times, and that's what happens when you have backup linemen playing too. So, um. It wasn't like it was a clean pocket all the time, but there were some times when it was and hit and miss throws. Well, yeah, and, and look, we Heupel's done such a good job at masking some of our issues. Yes, that sometimes we forget about it. We forget how bad this roster is. And and Ben, I agree with you. I I, I think it's seven or eight wins next year. I don't think this roster is just. It takes more. It takes multiple recruiting classes to turn something like this around. Yep, and. I, you know, I think we're right back at seven or eight wins next year, and I think that'd be a hell of a coaching job with this roster. Um, 
But where do y'all want to see the offense go? Like where 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 do you guys want to see the evolution in our offense as we go forward and as the SEC defenses are going to be trying to prepare for us even more so? Uh, I want us to be able to go tempo when we want to and when we don't need to slow it down. I mean, I I felt like we scored too early our last score. I was like, no, 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 no. Uh, our second to last possession. I was like, man, we should yeah, high touchdown. Yeah, I was like, we score, we scoring too early. You know, let's let's mm-hmm. let's let's run that play clock down a little bit more, and not even give Purdue an, an opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he worked out. I guess we got the ball late and had a chance to go down and and win it with a field goal, but we, you know, didn't didn't execute that that drive correctly. But we just need to be able to do what we want to do when we need to do it. And you look at the last, you know, look at the teams playing in the playoffs today. Those are teams that win in different ways. They win different right. ways, and we got to be able to to do that defensively, personnel wise. We are still a mess, and uh, it's going to take some time. To build that up, you guys nailed it spot on. Um, got to get to the portal. You, you got to recruit. You got to develop. That's not a flip the switch um, type of thing that you are going to be able to do. I expect it to be better, but I don't expect it to be like the strength of our football team next year. But it has to be better or Tennessee be, will be lucky to even win seven games next year because now the – now. Teams have had a year to prepare for Josh Heupel inside of the SEC. So, I, I, go ahead. I was just going to add that I'd, I'd like to see some some more nuance with with the route trees. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see more of a variety in short yardage situations. The, the short yardage situations, and I recognize that execution being better would, would also help, and maybe I wouldn't be as frustrated, but – it just seems really repetitive, and I mean, it's a, it's a handoff up the middle, nearly every single time. And the the last half of the season, everybody knew what was coming, and I don't feel like Tennessee was very successful in those short yardage situations because of it. Uh, I, I don't like that receivers aren't running routes on passing plays. Just like I said earlier, there was one play I saw where. Hendon's going through his progressions on one side of the field. Nothing's open. He comes back to the other side of the field. And because of the way the offense is, Javante Payton's not running a route. And Hendon has to now take off and try to scramble. And he and he scrambles for, for two yards. And maybe if, if Payton is running a route, that's a completion. And Hendon doesn't take an unnecessary hit on his body trying to, to get two or three yards. Uh, so it, it simple is fine. Lane Kiffin's offense is simple. But it, it almost seems a little too simple, mm-hmm. and I think that gets Tennessee into trouble. Like, I think Tennessee is limited when it gets down around the goal line because it is it is very limited, and there's only a handful of plays that are in the playbook. Well, Ben, when we, when we went into overtime, I agree with you. And when we went into overtime, I said this favors Purdue because Purdue's playbook, We I mean, what can you do? How much tempo can you run when you're on the 20-yard line? And I just felt like it favored Purdue in the sense of with, with their play calling and, and how Jeff Brom calls play. So I agree with you. And I, I don't know what more, you know, how much more complex it can get if you want to run at that tempo. So um, I, I think that's going to be 
interesting to see how how he does things because uh, it just seems like there's this narrative out there. I've heard, you know, of course it's McElroy and he's a he's a bammer, and I've heard Jordan Rogers, but I even heard uh, uh, Brom talk about it. It seems to be this narrative out here that Tennessee, with their offense, they don't really want to out scheme you. They just want to get cheap touchdowns. They want to get you to where you just can't line up, and they just get cheap touchdowns. And it's not really an X's and O's thing. You just didn't get lined up as quick enough with their tempo, and they just kind of – I mean, Brom just basically said it. You know, they want to get cheap touchdowns. We can't give them that. And yeah. that that's what I wonder about. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it worked when it did. And um, when you needed to do some, uh, something else like overtime – it, I mean, it, it it did not. I mean, that play call on second down when you you like y'all talking about the, the inside run, which okay. I mean, I I understand you want to do a little something else on, in the running game, but man, Tennessee uh, rushed the football for almost three three hundred yards, uh, two eighty eight, and there was no reason to get cute on the second play in overtime. Is a it's a three step drop. Go through your progressions quickly. One's not there. Two's not there. Throw the ball away or just get upfield. Don't try to scramble because that was a sack. And then it made it, you know, second and long. And then we ran another play and gashed them and got back to the same spot um, at the three-yard line. We basically wasted it down because we tried to get cute. We got to – and I wonder, like, will Hype will be able to – have more success, even if the play calls don't change, but just the personnel gets better. How much better will everything be? And it's hard for me to believe that it wouldn't be better. If the play calls stayed the same, but the personnel was different, I think it'll be a whole lot better. But, guys, I've been saying it for months now. I have not been a fan of the route tree. But when you get, when you get into the results and you look at what you just mentioned, Ben, Tennessee – breaking offensive records, I mean, it's hard to complain too much as long as you are successful. That doesn't mean you like it, but if you're successful you and and, and you're winning, uh, it's great. But in this case, we didn't win. We didn't win. And maybe if you would have done a lot more in terms of your route tree and, and guys running full routes um, on both sides of the field, then who knows? Maybe, maybe that will be the factor in winning. But – uh, I saw that. I saw Javante Payton. I saw that. I remember that play, man. I remember. It made me so mad in the moment. I didn't like. I don't like it. I never liked it. I don't like how you be a wide receiver and you have a passing play, and you got half of the guys running routes and the other guys are not. That is, I just I, doesn't sit well with me. Nope. And and if you want to know what play Tennessee is about to run, watch Javante Payton's body language before the play. I mean, he just – if it's a run play, he just stands out there. You, you can see it in his body language. But to your point of what you just discussed, Swain, about Tennessee setting records, even last night's game, 663 yards, 45 points. Jabari Small rushes for 180 yards and a touchdown. Valus Jones, 10 catches, 85 yards and a touchdown. Cedric Tillman, 7 catches, 150 yards and 3 touchdowns. Hinton Hooker, 26 of 41, 378 passing yards – Five passing touchdowns, zero interceptions, a quarterback rating of 181.1. Like we're that? sitting here <laughs> ranting and, and raving about the offense, and 
if the defense stops anybody yesterday, Tennessee wins. Yeah, yeah. Plus two internal margin. And could stop a damn nosebleed, letting dude's name Brock give you the business. Right. Letting the damn tight end was. look like George Kittles and Travis Kelsey out there. Yes. Letting, letting Aiden O'Connell look like freaking Aaron Rodgers out there. He's good, but he ain't that good. Defense, defense was disappointing. And yep, o- offense was frustrating, but the defense and the secondary w- was what lost Tennessee the game. Disappointing, borderline embarrassing. You know what? I'm saying it. Embarrassing. That touchdown run by a tight end was embarrassing. Was embarrassing. You know how many times I had to bite my tongue, my kids around? There was words I wanted to say, wanted to use, I couldn't do it. <sighs> All right, I'm going back to the phones. We got to take a break. But we're going to the phones. Going to the phones. Uh, See here. Good morning. Who do we have? Good morning. It's West Tennessee Vol. Hey, West Tennessee Vol. How you doing? Well, I could be better, but I'm okay. That was the truth. I'm right there with you. I feel the same. I just have one thing. So, we talk about all the time, well, you guys talk about all the time about Josh Heupel's playbook being simple. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's part of that is due to him getting here late? I mean, he didn't have a full offseason with this team and with what he, the personnel that he's working with. Like, yeah, do you think next year we see that open up more? Yeah, I think that's some of it. I think I think a lot of it is what he what he does. That's that's who he is. But I think some of it too is, you know, the the the, the playbook will be better um, as more guys get used to. I think Hendon Hooker will be more comfortable in it and do more things um, with him. And I I think as he gets more players, it, it'll look a lot better. But don't expect this thing to be more than you know, two or three pages of plays because you can't you can't do a bunch of things and still go at the same speed that you want to go in. So um, the speed of this offense wasn't even as fast as they can go. They had moments in fall camp where it was faster. And so it can go a whole lot faster. I think we may see some times where it is faster um, in year number two. But I think, yeah, I mean, I think part of what you're asking is is, is true here. Ben? That's all I had, guys. No, oh, thank you. And and Swain, real quick. Okay. I just want to tell you that you know we ran into you guys at the Vanderbilt game with our kids, mm. and we took a picture with you. My kids are still talking about that. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> they, when they hear me listening in the mornings, they're like, "Hey, that's who we saw at the game." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's him." That's right. <laughs> you guys have a good New Year. Hey, thank you, West Tennessee Vols. Good to see you, and your family, and your kids, and. Uh, happy Happy New Year to to you, um, Ben. How you uh, How you feel about West Tennessee's balls question there? I mean, I think that's definitely part of it. That you know, it's it's year one, and Josh Heupel even talked about that in the lead up to the bowl game. That they, I mean, this year was pretty much a installation year, and as guys return, as as guys come back, they'll be able to do even more next year. But I, I don't think that there's going to be a dramatic difference in they in the playbook from from year one to year two because you heard these things when when Josh Heupel was hired from what he was doing at UCF that it was it, it was pretty simplistic and it, it's all based off of tempo, 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 and that there, there's nothing really schematically that they do to overwhelm people it's it's just the tempo that overwhelms defenses so i don't expect there to be a a huge difference in terms of 
the thickness of the playbook. I, I don't I don't have the biggest problem with the playbook itself. You know, I do prefer receivers to all run routes on passing plays. I do prefer that. I do prefer more of a, of you know route tree being used. But um, yesterday was about the selection from that playbook that I had an issue with. Like you could have ran a simple running play. I mean, you could have, you, you could have used your Tech Mobile list of run plays down the overtime and, and won that game. But we decided to get cute there and, and try to throw the ball. Uh, and Hendon, he didn't show up on the stat sheet because he didn't throw a pick. Um, but he took a sack there in quick game. You shouldn't throw sacks. You shouldn't be taking sacks in quick game. That was a that was a bad play on Hendon. Um, and if you are Josh Heupel, you don't put him in that situation. But on the other hand, if you're Josh Heupel, you're like, hey, man, this dude is not a freshman. This dude is not a freshman. But I would have liked to see a run in that situation because you were gashing these dudes all game long, especially in the fourth quarter. Again, almost had 300 yards rushing. So I, I, I'm not sitting here saying trade out the playbook and you need a new playbook. It's It's – calling the right plays in certain situations from that playbook where Hypo has been really good all season long, just didn't have his best moment in overtime. 865-255-03. Our guy Seth Stokes is going to join us in hour number three, Ben. How you feeling about that? I love Stokes, so that's, that's great news. Yeah, we usually get Stokes on the first – hour on a on a friday but we getting him on the third hour man he is uh going to give us an hour of his time and really really uh, looking forward to talking to stokes man it's crazy it was crazy last couple of days and uh I'll, I'll apologize again we tried everything in our power to do a show uh yesterday but just really was unable to because of the logistics you know we both were in nashville um you know our 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 backup Brad uh, it's not been feeling great, and so man, we just we just we just couldn't make it happen, and uh, I hate that because you know, I want feeling wanted... like Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Lamar's back though; he's gonna be playing this this weekend. Coincidence that Brad gets a signed Lamar Jackson jersey for Christmas and then feels bad the the following week. I think not. Yeah, jersey probably had some germs on it. I asked I asked Brad if he wanted me to get Daddy Tomlin to sign it for him, but but he uh, he declined. <laughs> it is Daddy Tomlin, man. That's that is that is that is correct. Hour number two is brought to you by Action Two Four Seven, Tennessee's only legal sports book. Give them a follow on Twitter at TN Action Two Four Seven. Use the promo code Swain Event for. 100% match on your first deposit up to $800. We are approaching NFL uh, playoffs. We have the college football playoffs to today. Uh, one game at 3.30 and the next one at, at 7.30-ish. And um, I'm going to watch it, but ugh, it's going to be tough, tougher watching it coming off a loss rather than coming off a win. I'm just going to be honest. Yep. I'll be tough. watching with a bunch of bammers. Why? My friends invited me over for the game, and I said, sure. 
Why? Because <laughs> I have friends. That I don't get to see that often. Hmm. I guess I understand that. Good luck with that, man. Good luck. I couldn't do it. You better you better man than me. I could not do it. I would have I would have been like Penny. So nope. <clears throat> Can't come. I'm gonna counter that. Can't do it. Cannot do it, man. Cannot do it. Uh, as we approach hour number three, we are going to take a look at the text box and we'll read from the text box uh, on, on the other side of the break. Seth Stokes will join us for hour number three. It is New Year's Eve here on the Swain event. So, I don't know people may be still feeling the effects of yesterday. Got power through, folks. Got power through. Hour three is coming up around the corner, Swain event. Fuel by that in barbecue.